The Money Show. The science of... Welcome to The Money Show. It's Tuesday night. It's the science of artificial intelligence tonight. IBM has developed a computer system called Watson. Standard Bank is going to be using Watson, as is Metropolitan Life. What is Watson? Well, let me try and illustrate this to you. February 2011, Watson defeated two guys by the name of Brad Rutter and Ken Jennings in Jeopardy! Challenge. It's, a, it's an American quiz show. Uh, it's known for complex and tricky questions. Um, and the answer profile is really weird. Um, you might be a bit distracted by it, but don't be distracted because Watson has had to answer questions which have been posed with nuance and language and, and, and clues. And Watson was required to answer questions as a human being would answer questions. The thing is, Watson wasn't plugged into the internet. Watson had learned... A whole bunch of stuff. And we're going to find out how a lot Watson learns in just a little while. But using machine learning, statistical analysis, language processing um, to understand clues to questions. And Watson then participated in Jeopardy and Watson one. The questions take some time to get used to and the way they answer the questions is weird. Um, they seem to be prefixed by what is or something like that. Don't be distracted by that. But just have a listen to how Watson, the computer, dominates the questions on this American quiz show called Jeopardy. The folks at IBM came to us with a proposal that they considered to be the next grand challenge in computing. And that was designing a computer system that could understand the complexities of natural language well enough to compete against Jeopardy's best players. Well, they think they've succeeded. And that's why we're here today. So you are about to witness what may prove to be an historic competition, an exhibition match pitting an IBM computer system against the two most celebrated and successful players in Jeopardy! history. Let's take alternate meanings for 200, Alex. Four-letter word for a vantage point or a belief. Brad. What is a view? Yes. Uh, Alternate meanings, 400. Four-letter word for the iron fitting on the hoof of a horse or a card-dealing box in a casino. Watson. What is shoe? You are right. You get to pick. Literary character, APB, for 800. Answer, the Daily Double. Now, Watson, although you have but $400, you know, of course, that you can risk up to the maximum value of a clue on the board, and that is 1,000. 1,000, please. All right, here is the Daily Double clue for you. Wanted for killing Sir Danvers Carew. Appearance pale and dwarfish. Seems to have a split personality. Who is Hyde? Hyde, yes. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Either one acceptable. You're now in the lead with 1,400. Go again. Beatles people for 200. And anytime you feel the pain, hey, this guy, refrain. Don't carry the world upon your shoulders. Watson. Who is Jude? Yes. Olympic oddities for 200. Milorad Kavic almost upset this man's perfect 2008 Olympics, losing to him by one hundredth of a second. Watson. Who is Michael Phelps? Yes. Go. That's a computer. That is a computer. His victim. Okay, that's that's a computer answering questions. I'm sorry. That is a computer answering questions. Watson is not a human being. Watson is responding to a human being asking questions. Watson is going into this massive database of artificial intelligence and is producing correct answers. It's a fabulous story. I'm joined by Vince Caston, who's a financial services partner at the IBM Global Business Services for the Middle East and Africa at IBM. What is Watson? 
Thanks for having me here, Bruce. Are you sure you're a real person? Can, you know, I, I'll, can I'll, I prick you and will you bleed? I will have to leave you to make that <laughs> assessment later. Um, the, uh, what you don't hear on that clip, actually, yeah. is, um, is that Watson also evolved its strategy for playing the game as, as you go along. So with the game, you are read the question, and then you have to press a little buzzer, and then you give an answer. Uh, you know, you give the question to the answer. Um, and Watson, when it goes back, we'll talk about what it does, but when it goes into ask or uh, to answer a question that you ask it, it puts a confidence in its answer. So it understands, you know, I, I'm very confident in this answer. I'm a little less confident in the answer and so forth. Over the period of time on Jeopardy, those first couple of questions where Watson was not ringing in, it was because it had set its confidence level very high to say, I'm only going to ring in with questions. Once it started to get behind in the game, then it started to do riskier stuff. It started to take risks. Yeah. So By it, itself. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody sitting programming this device. No. No, what it the, the the big difference, the big thing with cognitive computing, um, you know, is that the um, if, if you remember, well, let's, the big thing about cognitive computing is that once you've established the basis for the computer to start answering the questions and start making its decisions, from there it learns and it actually evolves its learning and it actually finds connections and patterns in we call it a corpus of information. Um, and so instead of programming it with a preset set of answers where you say, if somebody asks this, give them this, if somebody says this, give them this, what you actually do is you st- kind of start there, but then it walks away from that over time, just like a human would sitting in a contact center. You know, you get one set of answers when the person's been there for three months. You get quite another set of answers when the person's been there for two years. Yeah. Um, Watson learns. Cognitive computing has been around with us for, for decades, hasn't it? I mean, forms of cognitive computing. The origins of this probably sit in the 1950s. Yeah, so artificial intelligence certainly as a, as a discipline um, started in the, um, in the early 60s. Uh, cognitive computing um, brings together a bunch of things that until recently couldn't come together. So the, the really big thing that you see with Watson is the natural language processing. There's two things that are important about that. One is when you talk to a machine, you don't really want to have to um, you know, format your questions like you do with Google. And the interesting thing about something like Google is if you ask it a question like, you know, all the restaurants in the area, not pizza, you'll probably get back an entire page of pizza. Absolutely, because yeah. you said pizza. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, so that's not very helpful. No. The idea with cognitive then is that it understands the it, – it, 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 it hears the natural language, but it understands what the meaning is behind it. Um, my favorite example, which we use during training Watson, is um, you know, fly over the ship with the red bow. Picture that written out. So is that the insect a fly flying over a ship that's got a red bow? Is it, is it an insect fly flying over a ship that's got a big, a big bow on, on, on the front of a it? A bow or a bow, yeah. Yeah, yeah right, you know, and all of those things. Well, Watson actually understands how to take that stuff apart. And so... And how? So, yeah, well, you know, magic. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> how long has Watson been in development? Um, we, uh, IBM has got a really long history of this kind of stuff. So IBM, you know, 100-year-old company, 100 plus, mm-hmm. um, has been doing natural language processing, especially for the last 40 years, working on better and better approaches to natural language processing. Um, if you kind of look at, at where we've got to, th- there's three things that had to come together. 
there was there's there's the ability to do the natural language that was just the research stuff um, it does require a massive amount of computing um, but computing power has been coming down cheaper and cheaper so now that massive amount of computing is available um, and then it's still enough computing that um, you know you wouldn't want to put one here at talk 702 and so it's now available as a cloud-based thing so it's actually available remotely mm-hmm. and so what you do is you 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 use Watson and you pay by the service that you use as opposed to buying a big chunk of hardware buying a big chunk of software and putting that investment in could I have a conversation with Watson or is Watson a utility um, it's a little bit of both. Yes, you can have a conversation with Watson. Um, where we have applied it primarily thus far in um, medicine and in um, uh, financial services, it's a little bit of a, you know, it, it's, it's a purposeful conversation. So it's not going to probably, you know, talk to you about the box last weekend. Um, but it will follow up questions with other questions. If you ask it a question, it'll try to ask, you know, why you're asking that question so and follow up. If I want to learn more about Nelson Mandela and I ask Watson, why did Nelson Mandela go to jail? Yes. Will Watson give me an answer that is, will he, will Watson, will he, will Watson it um, give me Ravonia trial? Will it give me terrorism charges? Will it give me that or will it try to extract what I know from me to build its own understanding and knowledge? And will then uh, somebody else accessing Watson in China right. be able to benefit from the conversation I had with Watson? Yeah, so it's a great question. Um, and, uh, you know, privacy issues notwithstanding, which is, you know, are you going to let somebody in China benefit from the interaction that you had with Watson? Um, your interaction with Watson will – Watson will learn what you know. And so, you know, one of the that'll be a two minute conversation. Then, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's better. It took me 30 seconds. Um, the uh, you know, so the idea is, you know, picture something that, um, you know, because of the natural language processing, Watson can take in data, you know, these papers that you've got yes. in front of you and that I've got in front of me. Yeah, it reads those. So it doesn't have to be prepared. It doesn't go into a database. We actually call it a corpus, not a database. And 80 percent of the data in the world right now is what we call unstructured data. It's data that's, you know, English language stuff that's printed. Yeah. Um, Watson can take in that data. And, and so it, it creates its understanding of the world based on a really, really broad reading and understanding of what's going on. Um, then it never forgets. And it never forgets an interaction that it has with you. So as long as you're on and it knows that you're bruised, it'll remember every conversation you had. And it'll actually shape its answers based on what it knows about you. So Watson could become my friend and I could take Watson to the pub with me and I can have the beer and, and Watson and I can have a chat at the pub. Yeah, that would probably be a sad commentary it'd on be your tragic. friends. No, it would be tragic. But <laughs> it, it, it's feasible in future that lonely people in big city environments could have an artificial friend. Yeah, well, almost. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's not so odd now, though. How many people do you see sitting at a bar that are looking at Google, doing their yeah, Facebook yeah. and so forth? So technology already is supplanting a lot of, a lot of human interaction. Isn't yeah, it? but this is a replacement yeah. for a person. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a bit spooky. We're talking artificial intelligence this evening and the huge leaps that have been taken um, with IBM. So what is Metropolitan going to do with Watson? What is Santa Bank going to do with Watson? Next time you phone a call center, you won't know that you're speaking to Watson because Watson doesn't speak like it's from a 1950s B-grade movie. Um, And I also got the big question, of course, is how does Watson take over the world one day? 
Will Watson be the Barack Obama of the future? We are learning all about Watson artificial intelligence this evening. How did Watson get his name? Is it a link to Sherlock Holmes? Ryan in Johannesburg wants to know. Uh, no, it's a uh, it's a reference to the founder of IBM. So Thomas Watson Sr., then Thomas Watson Jr. back at the founding of the company. That's a nice tribute to the founder of the business, which is lovely. Um, can Watson, a couple of questions about this. Uh, could Watson pass the Turing test? What is the Turing test and could Watson pass it? Um, so the Turing test is something that was um, proposed um, actually by a guy called Alan Turing, who's the father of computer science. And he basically said, um, if there's somebody on the other side of the wall and you're typing questions at them and their responses are coming back and you can't tell whether you're talking to a machine or not, then that machine is exhibiting intelligence. Um, as it turns out, that was a pretty easy bar to get over. Machines So Watson were, does. So Watson would easily pass the so Turing Watson, test. So Watson, Watson responds. Um, could Watson replace school teachers? Um, you know, every place that Watson is going to be applied, the idea is that it's going to take the people that are working with it and make them better at what they do and provide better results for the people who are depending on them. So Metropolitan and Santa Bank, who are looking to implement aspects of Watson, all of Watson, um, in their businesses, yes. they're not doing this to replace people. No. No, what they're doing is, you know, um, th- think, of a, think of a typical contact center where there's, you know, 30 to 40 percent turnover every year. Um, there's a good possibility that the person you're talking to on the phone has only been sitting in that chair for about three to six months. If you come to them with a question, you know, my child broke her leg, am I covered for crutches? Um, that person, you know, the person that's been there three months can probably give you that answer, but they probably don't entirely understand that what you really want to know is what happens after the crutches, then the physio, then the okay. you know, painkillers and so forth. The idea then is Watson will take the people who are less experienced and lift them up to the um, uh, to the level of the very experienced people in the contact center. Um, given that Watson is irrational, these are questions coming through on the SMS line, given that Watson is a rational rather than emotional creature, it will be interesting to ask about the viability of various political systems. Yeah, uh, That's <laughs> terrifying. I mean, it, it is, it, it's very sci-fi that we're going into now. Yeah, and who, who knows where this goes? Um, there are, there's, a, there's a Watson roadmap that's defined right now, which is something called Watson Engagement Advisor Question-Answer. Um, Watson Discovery Advisor, which is going to be used on like the square kilometer array to help find data and patterns inside of the massive amount of data that comes off of all those antennas. So the antennas are are mapping space. Yeah. And Watson is going to help analyze. Watson's going to help, yeah, dig through all of that data. What does Watson know about space? Well, you know, um, it. What does it know about medical call centers? Yeah. It knows what we train it at. Um, what it's. So it's only as good as the information we give it, obviously. That's, that's correct. And, okay. and, and, but what makes it very powerful compared with systems that um, existed before is once you've established – there's a thing that we call ground truth. The, 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 the term doesn't mean anything other than it's an indication that once we've gotten it to a certain level, it starts to learn on its own. So think of your child who you teach it. You know a certain amount of the language. and you then teach after it that, to, You teach it to read. You teach and, it to read. Then after that, yeah. it learns, right? <sighs> So we give it the sum total of all human knowledge. Yeah. And then it learns more. And because it's got all of human knowledge in one place, it can learn a lot more, a lot faster. Yeah, that's probably down the road a little bit. You and okay. I will probably both be retired but, um, or dead. Uh, but, and Watson yeah. never dies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. <Yeah. laughs> but, but that is the idea. The yeah. idea is that you've got this ever-growing corpus of knowledge. Now, um, Metropolitan Health 
uh, using it in their contact centers, they will have a separate corpus of knowledge than, let's say, Standard Bank, however Standard Bank decides to use it. So there's not one giant brain doing everything. Now, because my you were referring to it earlier, and I was saying I'm talking to Watson about Nelson Mandela. Right. Um, so somebody in China who wants to learn about Nelson Mandela is going to have to teach a different aspect of Watson about Nelson Mandela. And, and, and that person in China is not going to benefit from what I've taught Watson about Nelson Mandela, well, so assuming he doesn't know really. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that, that would be, again, the, the, the privacy issues are there. But the other part, oh, but the other part of it is that um, what a person in China wants to know about Nelson Mandela is different. It's probably really different from what you want to know. Okay. Um, could Watson pass a CAPTCHA test? CAPTCHA, C-A-P-T-C-H-A, asks Roger. What's a CAPTCHA test? I have no idea. Okay, we don't know, Roger. Ask Watson. Um, what are the odds of this happening? Now, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey <laughs> is a science fiction movie, um, and I want to paint a scene for you. There's a guy called Dave who has been on a mission, and he's trying to get back into the spacecraft. And he is having a discussion with HAL 9000. HAL 9000, by 2001 Space Odyssey standards, is artificial intelligence. HAL has taken over the spacecraft. Could this happen, I'm going to ask in a moment, with Watson? This is from 2001 A Space Odyssey. Dave is outside the spacecraft trying to get in. Hello, HAL. Do you read me? Do you read me, HAL? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. What's the problem? I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do. What are you talking about, Hal? This mission is too important for me to allow you to jeopardize it. I don't know what you're talking about, Hal. I know that you and Frank were planning to disconnect me. And I'm afraid that's something I cannot allow to happen. Where the hell did you get that idea, Hal? Dave, although you took very thorough precautions in the part against my hearing you, I could see your lips move. Freaky, absolutely freaky. That's Hal 9000, not allowing Hal into the sp- back into the spacecraft. Um... And that's everybody's fear of artificial intelligence, isn't it? My guest this evening is Fitz Caston, who is uh, with the IBM. They've developed Watson. That Watson one day takes over the world in that sort of way, in the way HAL 9000 did. Well, I think that's a question of the application of the technology. It, it is a capability. It's a technology um, that is focused on business applications. Um, you know, my job in our global business services organization is taking the capability that Watson provides and connecting it to the business needs of clients, hence Met Health, Standard Bank, and so forth. So the science fiction scenarios are entertaining, but I don't know that they're certainly not part of IBM's corporate strategy, I would say. But in the wrong hands, what could Watson do? Well, you know, I guess that you could say that about any technology, couldn't mm. you? Um, what happens if you fed Watson a whole lot of false information, if you lied to Watson? Um, you know, it, it, it will make the decisions based on what it's got in front of it. And so uh, if you put a bunch of falsehoods in there, then you will get out 
you'll get true answers based on the false information. Yeah. So it's as good as the – it's like any computer. What you put in is what you get out. That's right. And again, back to you know teaching your kid how to read. Yeah. Right? Um, could Watson analyze stock market information? Could Watson become the world's best investor, the Warren Buffett of the future? Yeah, whether it's going to pick stocks or not uh, kind of depends on how people decide to use it. But it certainly is being applied in financial services uh, for uh, uh, wealth management advice, portfolio management advice, and so forth. Again, augmenting – the humans who are actually the ones who are making the decisions. Producers, let's replace Warren Ingram immediately with Watson. Financial advice on a Thursday night with Watson. I'm, I'm, I'm really fascinated. Vince Caston, thank you for coming in. A little bit frightened, but fascinated nevertheless. Financial services part at IBM Global Business Services for the Middle East and Africa. Vince Caston from IBM. Oh, no, we didn't have Watson this evening. But just in case, I'm going to biff him on the nose to see if his nose bleeds. That's Vince Caston.